0: Wa arinal batula batulan, warzukna ijdnaba. Rabbi shrahli sadri, wa Amri emri, wahlul okodetamin lisani, yafkahu kauli. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatu. Welcome to the reflections on the Risali inur by Bedi Uzzaman, Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org Inshallah, in this episode we will continue reading the 19th word. The 19th word is about the messengership of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa It begins by telling us that there are the... The, um the ways to our Lord, the means of the knowledge of God are innumerable. but among those innumerable means of the knowledge of God, there are three that are universal that have a comprehensive, a comprehensive and compassing approach and scope in teaching us about our Lord. And these three sources are the cosmos, the world in which we live as manifestations of God's names and attributes. We learn about God by contemplating those manifestations. The Prophet Muhammad or messengers in general but especially Prophet Muhammad in whose shadow or through whose light all other prophets and messengers have conveyed their message and the Quran, the revealed book that in various forms, in condensed forms, in um, coded language in secret forms has knowledge of everything so the 19th word is about the second one of these universal sources, these encompassing comprehensive sources of the knowledge of the divine Ustad Nursi has organized this treatise in 14 sections that he calls droplets and it is actually Uh, a a revised version or maybe translation too of an earlier treatise that he had written in Arabic so while reading this treatise we first read the sections from the 19th word and then by means of a commentary or perhaps to clarify things that might have been left unclear because of perhaps my translation or articulation uh, we read the the, the sections that uh, relate to what we have read in this episodes episode, episode uh, from that earlier treatise too. Out of those 14 sections, the 14 uh, droplets, Alhamdulillah we finished 12. And in this episode we will continue with the uh, 13th. Bismillah. Acaba bütün efazlı beni Ademi arkasını alıp, arz üstünde durup, Wonder what does this honor of the humankind, this singular individual of the realm of being and of time, and deservedly the cosmos' pride want? What does he want? Now, when we ask this question, we should remember that in this uh, treatise, at the beginning of the treatise, we imagined that we traveled in time and space and went to the Arabian Peninsula at the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and visited him in Medina at his masjid giving his sermon at his pulpit. And that is how we have been thinking about the issues that we articulated, we uh, contemplated uh, throughout this treatise. So here too, we need to keep that in mind. We should think as if we are looking at the Prophet وسلم, perhaps from a distance and asking ourselves what does this person want? Because it is clear that he wants something. We will understand uh, what it is clear from uh, right now. But It is clear that he wants something. He is talking about really tremendous, important, significant issues. We covered that too, right? What does this honor of the humankind and we also by observing his demeanor, his acts, his talk, um, his relationship with other people, his intellect, we granted that this is the honor of the humankind. If anyone knows him truly, they cannot but grant that this is the honor of the humankind, the singular individual of the realm of being and of time. Now, since this is in english and english is uh, spoken not primarily by muslims there might be you know non-muslims out there who might hear this Um, there is a lot of literature a lot of material out there written and online that misrepresents the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it is deliberately written to misrepresent the Prophet ﷺ, at least at the beginning by those who have access to the actual sources about him it is written deliberately to misrepresent him and then there are other, others who read the misrepresentations and think that that's how they would learn about the Prophet ﷺ, and then they regurgitate what they have read all sorts of nonsense and that is nonsense one should go to the true sources, the sources that are conveyed to us by the people who saw him. There is no individual out there in the world whose life has been better documented, perhaps before the advent of you know, digital technology and you know, who knows what is happening now with our cell phones and cameras and etc. etc. But in the pre-digital age, let's say, there is no individual in the world whose life acts, speeches, uh, thoughts, attitudes, relationships has been better documented than him. And when we look at that documentation itself, we see that this is the honor of the humankind. There is no better individual in the world. He has gathered all the um, best versions of all the best character traits in himself. We find no excess. He is courageous, but his courage does not go to the level of stupidity. And he is never fearful. If what is to be feared is a worldly matter, he is fearful of his Lord, right? He is gentle. He is forgiving but he is forgiving what needs to be forgiven. If and when the situation requires firmness, he is firm. So on and so forth. He is the best uh, human being that we can come through humanity and find out. What does this honor of the humankind, and when we went to the Arabian Peninsula, we saw that. What does this honor of the humankind, so he has a special place among human beings the singular individual of the realm of being and of time and deservedly the cosmos's pride want what does he want how do we know that he wants something having taken all the virtuous ones among the sons of adam behind him and standing on earth and raising his hands to the tremendous Throne. Imagine the Prophet ﷺ during his hajj as he is described to us on the day of Arafah, standing on the plains of Arafah, raising his hands up to the heavens, to, toward the tremendous throne, so intense, so um, desperately wanting what he wants that his, his shawl, the, the, the fabric that he covers his uh, upper body, falls and he is falls from his shoulders he is praying and supplicating and asking and beseeching and this is not the only time that we you know see him in this situation but you know this is how he is asking for something he wants something he wants something from the owner of the the tremendous throne and he wants it having taken all the virtuous ones among the sons of adam behind him because as we saw before in the previous episodes, in the previous droplets, the prophets before him, the, the virtuous ones, the righteous ones before him, and the saints after him, the virtuous, righteous ones after him, they all say, oh God, give him what he wants. So what does he want then? It must be an important thing. Bak dinle. Saadeti istiyor. Beka istiyor. Lika istiyor. Cennet istiyor hem merayayi mevcudatta ahkamını ve cemallerini gösteren bütün esma-i kutsiyeyi ilahiye ile beraber istiyor. Hatta eğer rahmet, inayet, hikmet, adalet gibi hesapsız o matlubun esbabı mucibesi olmasaydı şu zatın tek duası baharımızın icadı kadar kudretini hafif gelen şu cennetin binasına sebebiyet verecekti. Look and listen. He wants eternal felicity. What would we want if we were given the opportunity to stand before our Lord, the the owner of everything, the all-powerful, the all-knower, who can grant each and every wish? What would we want? Would we want a better car, a larger house? Maybe if you are not married, a spouse, children, sons, daughters, a better job? What would we want? Health? Compared to what he wants, and only he shows us the true thing to be wanted because he is the one who has the knowledge of the unseen, right? Compared to what he wants, all of those things that we may possibly want and wish and think of are dwarfed. He wants eternal felicity. He does not only want felicity, but he wants it it to be eternal. What more, what more can we want? He wants lastingness. He wants to to to to last. We know that this world does not last. We know that we do not last in this world. Either we depart and go, we die, or things that we are attached to spoil, break, die, and leave us. Lastingness does not belong to this world, but he has a knowledge of the unseen. He wants lastingness. He wants reunion, reunion with what? Reunion with the Lord, the one who created us. He has the knowledge of the unseen. He has the information, knowledge of that time, let's say, uh, using the the word time in a metaphorical sense, right? that moment, that instance, in which God gathered all the souls at, at the plains of Arafah and asked, am I not your Lord? And we all responded, yes, you are our Lord. Oh God, Bala, yes, you are our Lord. And that was our union with our Lord. That was the most felicitous that we ever were. That is what we are created for. We are created to be yearning for him. All pleasures, all delight all things that we find to be beautiful right that is we are hardwired hardwired to see them to to to sense them to recognize them as delightful pleasurable and beautiful as the manifestations of god's names and attributes so ultimately what we want is him so he wants reunion we have been separated we have been cast down to to, on this Earth, from Paradise, and we want to go back where we are promised, Inshallah, uh, we we are going to behold His countenance. Behold, we will have a vision of our Lord, and depending on our ranks and, and, and levels, that, that vision may be permanent. But at least once, those who enter Paradise, they will see it, That that vision, they will have that vision. We'll see, we'll, we'll see the, the countenance of their Lord, so we want, we are yearning, we are longing for that moment again, for that reunion. And one hour of that that that vision, right, or let's put it this way, a thousand years of pleasurable life in this world is not a match for, let's say, one day of paradise and a thousand days of paradise is not a match for an hour of his vision so these numbers are not you know precise of course but you know to indicate what we are talking about here that is what he wants he wants reunion he wants paradise and all of all of these of course are you know put together these are not separate things eternal felicity in paradise lasting felicity and reunion with our lord moreover what does he want moreover he wants together with the sacred divine names that demonstrate their rulings and beauty on the mirrors of existent beings so it is not he who wants only the divine names want eternal felicity and lastingness and reunion and paradise for the human being too because the human being is created in the best of forms and he is the locus of manifestation of God's divine names in the most comprehensive, most encompassing way and those divine names and attributes that the human being is a locus of appearance for entail entail the continuity of of this locus of manifestation of course we went over this in much detail especially in the 10th word so we are not going to uh, repeat ourselves here but we should understand what he wants is in perfect agreement with the with with what the names and attributes of our lord entail and what that means is that what he wants is in perfect agreement with the creation because the creation is organized and, and ordered uh, according to the rulings of those names and attributes so everything in the creation wants that eternal felicity that lastingness that reunion and that paradise for the human being so what he's asking for what he wants is the want of everything in the creation and also the divine names and attributes. In fact, now again, this may not be clear enough, uh, obvious enough, but one should go and read the 10th word or listen to our episodes about the 10th word to understand it fully. There's going to be a little um, reference to it here in the coming sentence, and we will try to open it you know slightly here in fact even if it were not for uncountable necessitating causes such as mercy solicitude and justice that call for it a single supplication of this person would cause the construction of that paradise which for his power for God's power is easy like bringing ours, our spring into existence Such mercy, solicitude, and justice, these are attributes of God. His mercy necessitates or entails uh, an everlasting abode, a lasting abode. It, it entails paradise for those who believe in Him, who, who um, comply with His orders, who are obedient slaves of their Lord, of, of God. Right? Mercy entails that. Why? Very briefly, we as human beings have this hardwired inbuilt uh, innate desire to, to um, partake things on a permanent basis. When we, when we are blessed with something be it the sight of a beautiful flower be it the taste of a delicious fruit be it the company of a uh, beautiful compassionate uh, spouse or or friend we want all of these things to last now god has given these to us and god is merciful how do we know that god is merciful we look all around and in the cosmos we we see that all things that have needs their needs are being fulfilled so there has to be mercy and this also relates to solicitude of course there has to be has to be mercy uh, for everything to be taken care of so well if one were to you know say say that there is a uh, parent out there who has some psychological issue and does not have the necessary mercy and compassion to take care of their children we see what happens to those children how miserable they become we look around and in this world we we see that things are being taken care of their lord their creator their sustainer is merciful now mercy then entails for the human being that the blessings that he is benefiting from Will continue because things that do not last do not satisfy. They do. They they um, pain the individual who is benefiting, who is enjoying them, as he or she benefits and enjoys. Why? Because the human intellect does not stop; it keeps working and and and recognizes the future. That in the future this. Blessing is going to disappear, going to rot, spoil, break, die. Something will happen to it. So in the pleasure there is a pain, the pain of separation. The pain of separation is in the pleasure. Then the human being who is created as the to be the locus of appearance of that mercy cannot enjoy mercy, cannot benefit from mercy unless there is a permanent blessing coming so mercy to be mercy entails the the lastingness of blessings so like this justice we look around and we notice in this world that there is justice again i'm not going to go into detail we notice that there is justice then we look around and we see that there are human beings who are oppressors who are wronging other people or who are wronging animals plants the world who are wronging things who are oppressors well their justice entails that and they die and they depart from this world without being punished without receiving their punishment and then there are human beings who are worshipful slaves of of God they spend their entire lives worshiping him now this is not uh this is not a matter of justice because even if one were to worship God without blinking blinking blinking an eye for the entire lifespan that that person has they would not deserve they would not deserve uh, paradise that the paradise would not be uh, their right it is still through God's um effusion and mercy and compassion that we enter paradise Right? but compared to the other person we would expect that there should be a difference between the one who is worshiping God and living a saintly life and the one who is an oppressor all his life in this world we would we expect that justice be served to this oppressor too but it's not being served in this world then there, there is another abode where there will be a supreme court and where justice will be served so these names attributes entail they are causes for the creation of construction of paradise but Ustad Nursi is saying here even if that were not the case and there are many names and attributes that uh, we we can appeal to to see that they entail a hereafter and a paradise in the hereafter but even if that were not the case Ustad Nursi says a single supplication of this person the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu would cause, would be a cause for the construction of that paradise. Which, for God's power, is easy like bringing our spring into existence. Every year when spring comes, we see a resurrection. Things die, they become dry, bone dry, dead, lifeless, etc. And then spring comes and all of a sudden, over the course of maybe a week, two weeks, we see plants, shooting from the soil, uh, leaves starting to come out of the branches of the trees, trees blooming, flowers blossoming, uh, eggs you know hatching and insects coming out, birds coming out, we see life teeming all around. Right, every spring that's happening. And we look and we see, but this, this seems to be easy, it's happening. Now, from our point of view, it's not easy. We would not be able to, you know, create one mosquito create one mosquito let alone billions of mosquitoes and other insects and whatnot that's difficult for us but there is a power out there for for whom this entire spring and all springs all around the world is so easy it's happening so it's so light compared to his power right and paradise is Likewise, so easy for him, because he creates from nothing. He creates from nothing. It is, you know, it, it, things are between non-existence and existence. If you if you were to imagine a huge scale, a scale that can lift mountains, and you put two mountains, you know, existence and non-existence, these are mountain-like tremendous things, right? If you put two mountains that are of equal weight on two scales, putting one walnut on one side would you know bring it down so things are between existence and non-existence and God's preponderance God's will is sufficient cause for the creation of everything with no difficulty and there are other ways to explain this too but you know let it be uh, sufficient for now but how do we know that a single supplication of this person, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, would cause the construction of that paradise, even if it were not for the divine names and attributes that entail that construction? Evet, nasıl ki onun resaleti şu dar imtihanın açılmasına sebebiyet verdi, öyle de onun ubudiyeti dahi öteki darın açılmasına sebebdir. Acaba ehli akıl ve tahkike? لَيْسَ فِي الْاِمْكَانِ اَبْدَعُ مِمَّا كان. dedirten şu انتظام فائق. fa'ik, şu rahmet içinde kusursuz husn sanat ve misilsiz cemal rububiyet, hiç böyle bir çirkinliği, böyle bir merhametsizliği, böyle bir intisamsızlığı kabul eder mi ki, en cüz'i, en ehemmiyetsiz arzuları, sesleri ehemmiyetle işte ifa etsin, En önemli, en lüzumlu arzuları ehemiyetsiz görüp işitmesin, anlamasın, yapmasın. Haşa ve kella. Yüz bin defa haşa. Böyle bir cemal, böyle bir çirkinliği kabul etmez, çirkin olmaz. Yes, as his, the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, as his messengership became a cause for opening this abode of testing, likewise, his worshipful slavehood is a cause for the opening of the other abode. Now we talked about this before in the context of the uh, famous saying, which is narrated to be a hadith: lama khalak Right? If it if it were not for you, if it were not for you, I would not have created the worlds. Whether it is hadith or not, that's a, a controversial issue. But the meaning is accurate. Had it not been for the Prophet Sallallahu had it not been for the Prophet Sallallahu God would not have created these worlds. In other words, these worlds that are created fulfill the purpose of their creation with the creation of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And we talked about this in the previous episodes, therefore I'm not going to go into detail. The important part here that we are going to build on to that argument is that likewise his worshipful slavehood is a cause for the opening of the other abode. Worshipful slavehood not only in this world but also in the hereafter. Now in this world if things were deserved in the hereafter then he would be the one deserving it, deserving eternal felicity, paradise, first and foremost, and God's justice, then would entail that He would create paradise for him. But not only that; the role of the human being as a locus of man- the manifestation of divine names and attributes does not finish in this world. This is a this is an abode of testing, here testing and also training testing trial training we hone our abilities we, we hone our ability to become the the loci of manifestation for God's names and attributes here those who can be the loci of God's names and attributes are separated from those who cannot be the loci of God's names and attributes paradise is where God's God's names and attributes will be manifest in their absolute terms in this world it is it's a demo it's limited but paradise they will be manifest in absolute terms and logic entails that there should be viewers spectators who observe behold benefit from sense recognize appreciate and then praise glorify and thank for those manifestations if it were only him only the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as he is the locus of appearance of all divine names at their most tremendous level it will be sufficient for his existence for his presence for the creation of paradise so his worshipful slavehood is a cause for the opening of the other abode but more than that he is the beloved of God is God going to not grant what he wants most wonder if this preeminent orderliness that is being observed along with this defectless and beautifully excellent artistry and unique beauty of lordship within mercy which have incited the people of intellect and verification to say there is nothing in possibility more excellent than what is there this is attributed to Imam Ghazali and in Arabic it's, uh, it reads: imkani abdau There is nothing in the realm of possibility that is more excellent, that's better than what exists, what is here, what God has created. So this is the most perfect creation, and that this is the most perfect creation entails and shows that. There is this preeminent orderliness. We observe it in the creation. There is this defectless and beautifully excellent artistry and beauty of lordship. The way God nurtures his cre- creatures, that's beautiful. And they're all within mercy, right? So, this preeminent orderliness, this beautifully excellent artistry, this beauty of lordship within mercy, Ustad Nursi asks, would they accept such ugliness, such mercilessness, and such disorderliness as hearing the most particular and most insignificant wishes and voices and granting them with significance, as if they are, you know, something very significant. Say, the needs of a small shrimp at the depths of the ocean is being granted, they are being taken care of. So the one who created everything, hears the needs, the voice, the the supplication of each and everything. And would that beauty, that mercy, that orderliness accept such ugliness, mercilessness, and disorderliness as hearing the most particular and most insignificant wishes and voices and granting them with significance yet considering the most necessary wishes as insignificant and thus not hearing understanding and fulfilling them what is the most necessary wish the human being is created in the best of forms the human being is the pinnacle of creation the fruit of the tree of creation Prophet Muhammad among human beings is the best of human beings. He is the most honored, most honorable, the best of creation. He is asking for something that relates to the fulfillment of the, the, the purpose of the creation of everything. The purpose as we can read from the cosmos right not the not the purpose as us ascribing a uh, necessity to god right we need to be clear about that there is a uh, there's a an issue a, a fine issue that we need to be careful right that we are reading this purpose in the creation we are not at, ascribing it to god so he is asking for something the fulfillment of which Would mean the fulfillment of the purpose of the entire creation. What can be more necessary than that? Yet, considering the most necessary wishes as insignificant and thus not hearing, understanding, and fulfilling them. Could we expect that? We look around and we see there is order, there is mercy, there is beauty. Could we expect from the creator of this order, this this mercifully nurtured world, this beauty to not hear the most necessary wishes of this best of creation and treat it as something insignificant and not hear, understand, not fulfill it? Could we expect that from our Lord? The question is not, is it possible for God to not do that? God is not obligated to do anything. The question is, is that what we expect from the Lord of these, these realms? From the Lord of this cosmos? The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi sallam is asking. He is asking for everlasting felicity eternal felicity. He is asking for lastingness. He is asking for reunion. He is asking for paradise. Then God, we expect, will expect will grant it. Can we expect him not to grant it? Far be it. Never. Far be it a hundred thousand times, says Ustad Nursi. Such a beauty does not accept such ugliness and thus become ugly. ''Yahu, ey hayali arkadaşım, şimdilik kafidir, geri gitmeliyiz. Yoksa yüz sene şu zamanda, şu cezirede kalsak, yine o zatın garayi bir icraatını ve acayi bir vezâifini yüzden birisine tamamen ihâta edip temaşasında doyamayız. Şimdi gel, üstünde döneceğimiz her asra birer birer bakacağız. Bak, nasıl her asır, O şems hidayetten aldıkları feyiz ile çiçek açmışlar. Ebu Hanife, Şafi, Bayzıd Bistami, Şah-ı Geylani, Şah-ı Nakşibend, İmam Gazali, İmam Rabbani gibi milyonlar münevver meyveler veriyor. Oh my. Oh my imaginary friend. Enough for now. We should go back. Remember we traveled in time and space and we went to the Arabian Peninsula at the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and Ustad Nursi was our uh, you know guide in that journey now he is saying oh my imaginary friend enough for now we should go back otherwise even if we were to stay at this time and on this Peninsula for a hundred years we would still not be able to comprehend a hundredth of that person's marvelous deeds and wondrous duties completely he is beyond him and his metaphysical personality is beyond our reach and comprehension when we talk about the prophet as we articulated before we are not referring only to the bone and flesh man who lived for 63 years on this earth among his companions perhaps um you know Bargained at the marketplace, ate food, dwelled in a house, etc., etc. That is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But that is not only what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is. There is a metaphysical personality that pertains to his messengership and that pertains to his uh, worshipful slavehood. That pertains to the his connection with God and that pertains to his connection with all the creation and all believers, especially among the creation. Each time we say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sallallahu "Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we are praying for him and we are asking God to elevate his rank and this is a prayer that is never rejected his rank is being elevated each time we say believers throughout the world say so even if he we were to stay there for a hundred years we would still not be able to comprehend a hundredth of that person's marvelous deeds and wondrous duties completely we would still not have enough of his sight either like we would it's His sight is beautiful Beholding Him is delightful And we would not have enough of that Now, come One by one We will take a look at each century We pass through on the way back Remember we are traveling back now At each century we will look around And try to see What has changed with His presence What has He brought to this world how, has the, how have the seeds that he had, so, had sown uh, blossomed and turned into fruit-bearing trees? Look, how each century has blossomed with the effusion they receive from that sun of true guidance, bearing millions of luminous fruits, such as Abu Hanifa, al shafi Abu Yazid al-Bistami, sheik al-Jilani, Shah al-Naqshband, Imam al-Ghazali, and Imam Rabbani. And of course, these are the fruits of the messengership of Prophet Muhammad Imam Azam Abu Hanifa was a you know, very smart person, very good person, very um, sincere person. Imam Shafi was likewise. Abu Yazid al-Bistami, he was a man of God. Shah al he was he he he had maximum intellect and maximum uh, spirituality capacity of his heart combined together he was he is the you know he is the initiator of almost all major Sufi orders around the world now it's his legacy that is that still lasts through centuries Shah al-Naqshband, the founder of the naqshbandi Sufi order, likewise, Imam Ghazali. we are still reading his work, his works. Imam Rabbani, Mujaddid al-fi Thani, the uh, the the Mujaddid, the renewer of the second thousand years after the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. These are the luminaries of this ummah, this community of believers, and they are the fruits of. What the Prophet وسلم, did. They receive their light. They receive their light from the Son of the Prophet. They are like moons on you know, full moons on the firmament, beautiful and also illuminating. But they receive their light from the Prophet وسلم, and reflect that. So this is what the messengership of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, has produced as we come back from the first century of Hijrah, all the way to our times and look around. This is what we see. These are the luminaries that we see. We see the likes of Abedir Zaman Sahid Nursi in there. Now, if you were to look at everything in every century and give a detailed account of that, that would be too much. We would not have time for it. That's why Ustad Nursi says we should leave the details of our observations to some other time and send to that person who is the possessor of miracles and distributor of guidance. A blessing that points to some of his definite miracles. Definite in the sense that uh, they, they are narrated through sound sources and therefore we have definitive uh, knowledge that these miracles have taken place. So here Ustad Nursi um, places a beautiful salawat, and those who are listening to this, uh, as usual inshallah, this text is going to be posted at the website that we mentioned at the beginning. Try to read the salawat uh, together from there. It is a prayer we should be all uh, joining in, in this prayer. Allah <laughs> Man unzila alayhi L Furkanu L Hakimu Mina Rahman Rahimi Minal Arshil Alimi Sayyidina Sayyidina Muhammadin Al Fu alfi Salatin Ma Alfa Alfi Salamin Badedi Hasanati U Metihi. على من بشر برسالته التوراة والإنجيل والزبور وبشر بنبوته الإرهاسات وهواتف الجن والأولياء الإنس وكواهن البشر وانشق بإشارته القمر سيدنا محمد ألف ألف صلاة وسلام بعدد أنفاس أمته على من جاءت لدعوته الشجر ونزل سرعة بدعائه المطر الغمام غمامته من الحر والشبع من صاع من طعامه مئة من البشر ونبع الماء من بين أصابعه ثلاث مرات كالكوثر وانتق الله له الضب والظبي والجذع والذراع والجمل والجبل والحجر والمدر ساحب المعراج وما زاغ البصر سيدنا وشفيعنا محمد ألف ألف صلاة وسلام بعدد كل الحروف المتشكلة في الكلمات المتمثلة بإذن الرحمن في مرايات موجات الهوائي عند قراءة كل كلمة من القرآن من كل قارئ So we said we should leave the details of our observations to some other time and send to that person who is the possessor of miracles and distributor of guidance a blessing that points to some of his definite miracles and then the the salawat continues upon this person to whom the wise criterion that is the Quran was sent down by the most merciful giver of mercy from the tremendous throne our master Muhammad thousands of thousands of blessings and thousands and thousands of greetings of peace salutations to the number of the good deeds of his community of followers upon the one the glad tidings of whose messengership were given by the torah by the bible and and the psalms and the glad tidings of whose prophethood were announced by preparatory miracles the invisible beings among the jinn the saints among humans and the oracles of mankind the one for whom the moon split when he pointed it pointed to it Our master Muhammad, thousands and thousands of blessings and greetings of peace to the number of the breaths of his Ummah. Upon the one to whom the tree came when he called, with whose supplication the rain descended immediately, whom the clouds shaded from the heat, with a small amount of whose food hundreds of people satiated their hunger, between whose fingers water gushed three times like al for whom God made the dab-lizard, the antelope, the tree stump, the forearm of a goat, the camel, the mountain, the rock, and the clod of mud each speak the owner of the prophetic ascension, whose sight never wavered, our master and healer, Muhammad, thousands of thousands of blessings and greetings of peace to the number of all the letters that constitute the words that, by the permission of the merciful, reflect on the mirrors of the waves of air, upon the recitation of every word of the Quran by all reciters from the beginning of its revelation to the end of times. Forgive us and have mercy us on us, O our God. With each of these blessings, Amin, Amin, Amin. Now, of course, the salawat is supplication and analyzing it and explaining it does not make too much sense. Uh, but you know, we should still perhaps point out point out a few a few of the insights that you start is that uh, mostly is. Providing uh, here in the in the salawat, this in in a sense is a summary of um, the nineteenth letter, which is also called Mu'jizat Ahmadiyya, the um, miracles, Ahmed and miracles, the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's a detailed uh, account of. Many, many miracles of the Prophet and not only a enumeration of the miracles, but also an analysis such as, for instance, uh, there are miracles that relate to the Prophet that that materialized in the hands of the Prophet that concern all species in the creation there are miracles that relate to inanimate beings like rocks and mountains there are miracles that relate to plants like trees there are miracles that relate to animals like, like animals that uh, talk to him uh, there are miracles that relate to human beings that they you know eat food and there's you know, thousands of them are satiated with a little bit of food etc etc uh, so that's a really beautiful treatise made may God give us the opportunity to, to come to, to that point and uh, read that together too inshallah. so I'll uh, with that inside I'm going cite. Uh, I'm going to read this uh, salawat once again but so that it is not a repetition I'm going to read it from the uh, the earlier version of this treatise there are very minor differences between the two uh, perhaps there's a little bit more a few uh, extra things in the other uh, in the other version of the salawat. So, O God, send your blessings and greetings of peace upon this luminous person to whom the wise Quran was sent from the tremendous throne by the most merciful giver of mercy, that is, upon our master Muhammad, thousands and thousands of blessings and thousands and thousands of greetings of peace to the number of the good deeds of his ummah. Upon the one, the glad tidings of whose messengership were given in the Torah, Tawrat, right, the the holy books, the Bible, the Psalms, and the scrolls, the suhuf of uh, some of the other prophets like Ibrahim alayhi the glad tidings of whose prophethood were announced by preparatory miracles. These are. Uh, miraculous things that happened before the Prophet Wasallam received his messengership, before revelation uh, came to him at age forty, such as such as uh, the famous incident of the elephant that is narrated in the Quran and other things too, like the uh, the clouds uh, providing shade to him wherever he went. Etc. Etc. So there were these miraculous events that happened before he became a prophet. But the word ma'ujiza, miracle or prophetic miracle, we spare that word for um, you know what we mean. Like prophetic miracles, uh, only miracles that happen in the hands of prophets. That therefore these earlier ones we call preparatory miracles. The invisible beings among the jinn, hatif is the word that is used here. Um, these there were these. Invisible things that were calling out to people uh, shortly before he came saying things like, you know, the, the, the prophet arrived, what are you doing here? So giving glad tidings of his uh, of his advent. And we think that these invisible uh, beings, these voices were coming from invisible uh, jinn. And then the saints among humans, right? So he, his, his messengership uh, the glad tidings of his messengership is given by saints among humans, to uh, Not only prophets before him, but saints uh, before and during his lifetime, uh, too, uh, would would say, you know, the, the expected person has arrived, and the oracles of mankind, and the one for whom. So the, the, these were all uh, people and beings that gave the glad tidings of his his advent, his advent and the one for whom the moon split when he pointed to it this is another one of his miracles and it is in the quran too he uh, he pointed to the miracle and the moon split into two parts one meant uh, you know to, to, to one side of the sky the other to the other side of the sky and then later it came back together our master and patron Muhammad, thousands of thousands of blessings and thousands and thousands of greetings of peace be upon him to the number of the breaths of his ummah. Upon the one to whom the tree came when he called. He called, told the tree come and the tree came. Tearing apart the, the ground actually, it came to him. And then he ordered it to go back to his place and it went back to his place with whose supplication the rain descended immediately there was a time of drought in Medina they came to him and said Ya Rasulallah we are looking forward to perhaps a you know time of famine there is drought there's we we need rain he raises his hands and as soon as he raises his hands clouds start to appear in the sky and starts raining it rains for a week and then they come to him and say Ya Rasulallah it's you know too much we we are afraid of flood and he raises his hands and, and again and says oh God around us not on us so it continues to to rain on the mountains around the the inhabitant areas whom the clouds shaded from the heat so this has this is before he became a prophet and after he became a prophet people would observe wherever he went there would be a few small clouds providing shade to him with a small amount of whose food hundreds of people satiated their hunger there are many many uh, examples of this that are narrated in the by the companions who who ate that food between whose fingers water gushed three times like al-kawthar so water. they are in the desert the companions and the prophet sallallahu are in the desert they run out of water they need to take wudu. they need to drink etc he has a little bit of water is left he has them bring it and pour on his hand and as they pour that little water on his hands water gushes from between his fingers and they say that this is the best water best water in this world it's better than zamzam because you know zamzam comes through rock this comes through his between his fingers in whose palm pebbles and clods of mud glorified God for whom God made the dab lizard this is a kind of lizard that lives in uh, the, the, the, in Arabia the antelope, the wolf, the tree stump the forma, forearm of a goat so that's when um, a Jewish woman attempted to poison the Prophet sallam, the meat spoke to him and said you know i'm poisonous and the prophet right before that happened had touched the meat uh on his mouth he didn't eat it he had a companion who was eating with him that companion had already eaten and uh he he died uh and and a bitterness remained on the tongue of the prophet and some say that that uh, his sickness that caused his death eventually was caused by that that poison too. So in the in a sense, he um, he also received the rank of shahada uh, martyrdom uh, through that. The camel, the mountain, the rock, and the tree each speak, right? So for whom God made the dab lizard, the antelope, the wolf, the tree stump, the forearm of a goat, the camel, the mountain, the rock, and the tree each speak. The owner of the prophetic ascension, whose sight never wavered and whose sight never uh, wavered this is uh from the from the quran Uh, it's it's uh chapter 53 verse 17 where god referring to uh, the the ascension says that he was taken through the heavens had his journey he was uh, shown all sorts of things and his sight never wavered and there are different interpretations of this one interpretation is that um, although he was seeing all these extraordinary miraculous things he never failed to relate them to god he always saw uh, divine manifestations in them our master our patron and healer muhammad Thousands of thousands of blessings and thousands and thousands of greetings of peace to the number of all the letters that constitute the words that, by the permission of the Merciful, reflect on the mirrors of the waves of air, upon the recitation of every word of the Quran by all reciters from the beginning of its revelation to the end of times. Forgive us and have mercy on us, O, God, o our God. With each of these blessings, Amin, Amin, Amin. Now this is the end of this uh, droplet but Ustad <coughs> Nursi adds there a a um, brief note in Turkish it reads Şuâtu Marifetün Nebi namındaki Türkçe bir risalede ve 19. mektupta ve şu sözde icmalen işaret ettiğimizde la ili nubuvvet ahmediyeyi aleyhissalatu vesselam beyan etmişim Hem onda Kur'an-ı Hakim'in vücuhu icazı icmalen zikredilmiş. Yine Leme ad namında Türkçe bir risalede ve 25. sözde Kur'an'ın 45 vecih ile mucize olduğunu icmalen beyan ve 40 vücuhu icazına işaret etmişim. O kırk vecihte yalnız nazımda olan belagati işaretül icaz namındaki bir tefsir arabide 40 sayfa içinde yazmışım. Eğer ihtiyacın varsa şu üç kitaba müracaat edebilirsin. So... Ustad Nursi says, I have elucidated the evidences of Ahmad and prophethood that we have summarily pointed out here in a Turkish language treatise titled The Rays of the Knowledge of the Prophet this is a treatise that Ustad Nursi had written uh, in his earlier life in the uh, early 1920s and then in the 19th letter which we just mentioned and in this word the 19th word in there the wise quran's aspects of miraculousness are also mentioned summarily additionally i have summarily elucidated that the quran is miraculous in 40 respects and pointed out forty aspects of its, its miraculousness in a turkish treatise called flashes and in the 25th word the 25th word is one of the longest treatises of the uh, collection of Risale-i Nur inshallah we will read that too in an Arabic language exegesis titled "The Signs of Miraculousness," isharat al I have written in 40 pages about about syntactic eloquence, i.e., the uh, how words are ordered, how how suffixes, words, uh, pronouns, etc., or, or are ordered in the text. Among those 40 respects, so there are the Quran is miraculous in 40 respects. One of them is syntactic eloquence and Ustad Nursi wrote a work of Exegesis Quranic commentary on that if you need to you can consult these three books i.e. these uh, miracles uh, that are being referenced here are many many and there's a lot to be said about them this is not the the place to uh, detail them but you can take a look at all these places if you want to uh, if you want more if you want to learn more about them so once again this is the end of the 14, uh, 13th uh, droplet Inshallah in the uh, 14th droplet it's a bit longer we will uh, say more about uh, the Quran uh, as a miracle of as a prophetic uh, miracle but now we will read the same section in its uh, earlier articulation in in the uh, in the treatises in one of the treatises that became a part of the Mathnavi al-Arabi al-Nuri the luminous Mathnavi in Arabic of uh, Ustad Bedouzaman Sa'id Nursi so Bismillah we will only read the only read the English one uh, with this oh my companion on this amazing journey isn't what you have seen enough for you already haven't you seen enough and if you have intellect if you have a conscience if you have a balanced uh, balanced judgment what you have seen so far should make it clear to you that this is the prophet this is the messenger of God if you wanted to encompass what is there to be seen you would not be able to do so in fact If we were to stay on this peninsula a hundred years we would still not be able to encompass a single a single percent of the amazing things which pertain to his duty or of the wonders of his works nor would we become tired of watching them or watching him so let us return and investigate each century on our way back so let us return and investigate each century on our way back let us see how each century has grown healthy and green from the effusion of this century like the sun when the sun shines on earth plants become healthy they grow they uh, photosynthesize and they become green so where is the sun that leads to the growth of all these trees and plants and fruits among the community of his followers yes we see that the flowers of each century that we pass by are blossoming with the sun of the age of felicity and each century is giving fruits like abu hanifa radiyallahu anhu al-shafi imam al-shafi radiyallahu anhu abu yazid al-bistami Junaid al-Baghdadi Shaykh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani Imam al-Ghazali Muhyiddin ibn Arabi Abu al-Hasan al-Shadili Shah al-Naqshband Imam Rabbani and thousands of similar fruits each illuminated by the effusion of the guidance of this luminous person now let's leave the details of what we witness on our return trip to some other time and send blessings and greetings of peace upon this luminous person who is the possessor of miracles that is our master Muhammad blessings and greetings of peace be upon him and then there comes this uh, beautiful salawat at the end of this this section too so that's it he read the 13th uh, droplet inshallah in the next episode we will uh, start reading the 14th droplet it's a bit longer uh, we will see whether we can finish it in one episode or not uh, but it is about the quran and the miraculousness of the quran and so on and so forth, so it's beautiful too subhanaka la ilma illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakeem wa akhred and rabbil alameen الفاتحة الصلاة على محمد